You are listening to Beyond the Binge with me, Mo, registered dietitian and life coach. In every episode, I will do my absolute best to help you learn more about binge eating as well as any other destructive addictions you might struggle with. My goal is to shed light on a problem that many, including myself in the past, struggle with and help you feel less ashamed of it. Binge eating can be a sensitive problem because it involves a loss of self-control and while that can be demoralizing, it is okay to struggle with. By viewing binge eating as an opportunity to learn more about ourselves and gain new skill sets, we can eventually grow and one day gain freedom. So let's dive into today's episode and learn more together. Hello everyone. Last week I recorded in a podcast episode about my experiences with a year spent suffering in silence and I thought I would record a couple more episodes to go in depth regarding what I learned, what I took from it and how I got out of it. Thank you to the people who took their time to send me their kind words and the messages. It really means a lot. Um, I wanted to first start by defining what suffering is because part of my work is realizing that we all have different definitions for different things. So it's important that we're talking about the same thing. Suffering is something that lies on a spectrum to some extent. There could be minor suffering and there, there could be major suffering. And that can be a bit subjective, although most people can agree as to what con- would constitute major suffering, but I think there's a level of subjectiveness to it. Now, in terms of how I personally define suffering, I define it as any form of struggle where you feel stuck. A struggle is kind of normal. Like when one is struggling, they're at least like moving forward or backwards a little bit. So let's say, hey, I'm struggling with weight loss, or I'm struggling with doing well in my job, or I'm struggling with being motivated to exercise, or I'm struggling in my relationship. That usually entails some form of moving forward and backwards. That's a struggle. And I think that is very normal in life. I think we're all struggling. And a struggle is definitely not a bad thing. It's, It's part of the process. Suffering is when you feel stuck. So instead of struggling, you feel stuck in a given situation. And that could be due to things beyond your control or things within your control. So things beyond your control could be thing, could be like experiencing a loss of loved one or being in a relationship where you are not controlling what's going on or you're with somebody who's narcissistic or you're in prison or you have a serious illness that there's no cure to. That is, these are things that are beyond your control. Things that are within your control could be things like habits that are kind of negative, you know, procrastination, wasting time, things that you're actively doing, but that make you feel stuck. So that is how I best define suffering is when you feel stuck. So there's no more struggle and then you're not struggling forward or backwards. You're just stuck in a point in time and you can't move on from it. The best way I can describe how we all experience suffering is if you imagine you're walking and through life, right? Or you're just walking through life as if you're on a journey kind of thing. You have a big back on your big, big bag on your back. So you're carrying a big bag on your back. That's like the suffering bag, right? And anytime you experience some level of suffering, it goes into there. Now there's two types of suffering. There's the acute immense suffering, which is like something huge happens right? Like something humongous. It's a big event and people usually are aware when something like that happens. So good example is losing a loved one, a very close loved one, or losing a job maybe, right? But I think maybe losing a job could be, depends on the person, but losing a loved one for sure, most people would consider that big suffering. That would be like putting a huge stone in that bag. So, you know, you're carrying a big stone 
in that bag. It takes a lot of space, it weighs a lot, and it can slow you down and make you feel stuck. That's acute and immense suffering. The other type is slow and steady suffering. And slow and steady suffering are little things that you kind of pick up as you go. So maybe inner conflicts that are unresolved. Now, I believe at the bottom and beneath all suffering is inner conflicts that are unresolved. So you're conflicted about something, you don't know what to do about it, so you feel stuck. Or some you don't know how to process something, so you feel stuck as well. So let's say inner conflicts could be a relationship that is largely negative, but with some positive to keep you in it, or you don't feel like you can go anywhere because it's convenient, but it's largely negative. That can introduce a lot of slow and steady suffering. Or doing a job that you don't like, but you need the money, right? You could feel stuck in that job, not pursuing your dreams. That can also be slow and steady suffering. Things like behaviors that are within our control, like binging, that can be a form of slow and steady suffering. Although if we're doing a lot of it in a short period of time, it could feel pretty heavy. But again, it's subjective, so it depends. And that slow and steady suffering is like little pebbles that we put in our bag, in our in our the bag that we carry in our back. So if you have like a few things, maybe like five or six things that are causing some slow and steady suffering, and you put them in that bag, it might not feel heavy right away. So it might just kind of seem like, okay, well, it's annoying, but I'm just going to go through life. It doesn't make you feel like you're stuck. But at some point, as you keep adding more and more that are unresolved and unprocessed, then what happens is you get to a point where it resembles having a huge stone in your bag. It's the same thing as having a acute and immense suffering, a big event. It's just that it's small and several. The problem with slow and several, right, the slow and steady kind of suffering is that when we don't process them and we go through life with them, then the moment we realize that bag is too heavy, gets to a point where we're not really sure what to do about it. Because for once, for one thing is we're not aware of what's in that bag. We've lost awareness as to what is in that bag. Because some of, some of these things we carry for years and we haven't processed that. And at the same time, we don't know where to start. So we feel like, okay, well, nothing is working. Everything is feeling pretty horrible. We start to experience a lot of anxiety and depression, a lot of negative thoughts, and we're not really sure what to do about it. So that is the downside to having slow and steady suffering is that it's easier to go through life. But when it comes to accumulating a lot of it, it becomes kind of difficult to know where to start. Take on the other hand, the acute and immense suffering which is something huge happens. Like imagine everything is going well for you and then you lose a loved one, a parent or something, or God forbid, like a child. You'll take time off work. You'll stop your life completely so you can process that. You'll go to therapy for it. You want to say, okay, well, hey, I lost my parent. I don't know what to do about it, right? So it's easier to tackle, although it might take time and space. It's easier, to, but it is to some extent easier to tackle because at least you're aware of what it is. So that is the, the upside to it Although at the end of the day, still acute and immense suffering can feel really bad because it's like a huge, horrible event that can sometimes become a turning point for most people in their life. It can just change their life completely. But that's also a reflection of how they process it and how they give it meaning, which is something that I'll talk about more in the next episode. But for the purposes of this one, I just wanted to describe to describe the difference between acute, immense suffering and slow and steady. Slow and steady suffering is something that we all go through in life. Like we carry, we, we all have pebbles in that bag. There isn't a single person who doesn't have any. And maybe there are people who have very low amounts of pebbles, but they're probably good at processing it. Because in general, really don't believe there's any human being who doesn't feel stuck at some point in life. Who doesn't feel like there's some situation that is beyond their control that is happening and they feel stuck. The difference is, in how we deal with it and how we process it. For me, last year was 
an accumulation of slow and steady suffering that I kind of was unaware of or just brushed off as minor but and went through life. And at some point it hit me that, hey, I've been carrying a lot in that bag behind my back. And that was difficult realization for me because I went for a while being able to process these things as I went. But a few events happened last year that was kind of new grounds for me and I didn't know how to approach it. And so I got to a point where when I started experiencing a lot of thoughts that were intrusive and not really my usual normal baseline self, I started realizing, okay, there's something going on. But I didn't want to really give that much attention as much as I want to talk about what most people can do to start to address the slow and steady suffering that they have, or potentially the acute and immense suffering that they experienced in the past that was unresolved and unprocessed. Because one can experience big events in the past, like a loss of loved one or something like that, but they don't process it. And so what happens is they kind of get used to it, or they develop coping mechanisms to deal with the pain from it. But it's not really, it's still there. So maybe it feels less heavy because we're distracted, but in reality, it still weighs the same. And the way the coping mechanisms that we rely on, sometimes it's negative behaviors, does eventually add to more suffering in the future because think about somebody who binge eats for a while. Yeah, maybe for the first 10 years, you won't realize that there's any negative consequences as a result, but like maybe in 20, 30 years, you become diabetic and you feel stuck in that situation. That situation. So that's a form of suffering as well, is that eventually these coping mechanisms create like a feed positive feedback loop where it adds more into your suffering long-term. So I wanted to talk about how can one start to work and process that suffering? Because if we all suffer, and suffering is not a bad thing, I really don't believe it's a bad thing, because if everybody experiences, then it can't be bad. So there must be a meaning to it. There must be a way where we can use it to our advantage and embrace it as well as part of life, instead of labeling it as bad. Um, But what that means is that why wait until we get to a point where we can't handle it anymore? Like why wait till we get to a point where that bag becomes so heavy that we're like, okay, we can't move anywhere actually. Like we just cease to function properly anymore or we start to experience like a lot of depression, anxiety. Like why wait to that point? Ideally, we would be more proactive and start to check in on that bag and see if there's more processing to be done. So that is that is what I wanted to talk about. How does one do that? The first step is in being aware as to what is in that bag, is actually turning around and looking in that bag, increasing your awareness as to what's in it, making it almost an inventory of what it is that I've been struggling with, or sorry, what it is that I've been, that's been causing suffering for me, what it is I have not processed or resolved, okay? So that is the first step, is to be aware of what's in it. For most people, well, actually pretty much for most people who, well, not most, but for everyone who struggles with suffering and has not resolved it or processed it, they usually have a coping mechanism so that they're able to go through life. And that coping mechanism is usually a set of negative behaviors. And they usually introduce a a large amount of pleasure. And that could be binge shopping, drinking, smoking marijuana, watching pornography, masturbation, binge eating, obviously spending all time watching Netflix, spending too much time on your social media, engaging in uh, excessive sexual behavior, whatever the case is. But these are usually a combination of behaviors that are pretty pleasurable, but they're negative because over time, they don't really give you anything back and they cause more suffering in the future. 
the reality is that they actually become coping mechanisms for us. They're distraction. They're a distraction from the bag that's on our back. So it completely distracts you from what, what's in it. Because instead of looking back in that back in that bag, I'm mixing up back and back all the time, but I'm gonna try and do it. Instead of looking back in that bag, what happens is you distract yourself with the different behaviors that you're that the pleasuring behaviors that you binge on. So that is usually what it signifies there is some suffering that is not dealt with. Not everybody who struggles with binging has things that they've suffer they're suffering from that need to be resolved. Some people just have the habit, but most people do have things that they're suffering from and they cope with it as a result of you know, they cope with it through the binging. So the first step, and this is where it gets tricky, is in kind of going on a binge fast or a pleasure fast. It's taking a few weeks, maybe a month, to just cut out all pleasurable behaviors for a while, which is basically cutting away the distractions. But once you cut away these distractions, it becomes really easy to just look back and see what's in that bag, right? Because you're no longer distracted. Your attention is no longer on the next binge. For people who binge their life, usually almost is always like routine, routine, and then the binges take, come over and they take over. So that way they don't have the energy or time to exercise, do, you know, uh, eat well, do all these things or plan ahead or do things that they achieve certain other goals that are beyond their work. So they're usually their attention is completely hijacked. So the first step is to let go of these habits, just go on a fast. And it's easier to actually tell your mind, you know what, I'm just going to go on a few weeks to a month without it. Because if you say I'm going to stop completely, your mind will wrestle you with that. Because then it's like, okay, well, if you're going to stop, you're going to experience pain. And one of the things about the mind to know is that the mind avoids pain and seeks pleasure um, and also loves the comfort zone. So if you're comfortable in the pleasuring behaviors that you have in your life, then it's going to be very difficult to tell your mind, I'm stopping these. So you'll find it easier to say, I'm just going to go on a pleasure fast for a while. Just let me let me fast from these behaviors in a while to see, to see what else is going on with me. And then what happens usually is that as you do that, it becomes much easier to start to be aware of what it is that is causing your suffering because then there's nothing to distract you. And as you sit with yourself, it becomes easy to make an inventory of, okay, I know this is something that has bothered me for a while. And it might not come to you right away in the few first few days or first week even, but eventually it comes because there's no other way to distract yourself. We live in a world where there's so many distractions right now. No wonder there's no time to look inside and see what's going on within us or look in that bag behind us and see what are we carrying with us that we haven't resolved or let go of yet. So one of the things to do to start to be aware of it is to avoid the distractions and stop the distractions and sit with yourself sometimes for hours. If, you, if you, there's nothing to do, then there's nothing to do. Um, I should also mention that with, with negative behaviors, you know, that I mentioned, like a list, a, a host of negative behaviors that people binge on. But sometimes we also binge on what looks like healthy behavior. So exercising, spending too much time reading or too much time learning. And I know I, I hate saying that, you know, too much time learning because I don't believe in that. But if we're doing these things to avoid sitting with ourselves and to avoid experiencing our inner world and, and being aware of what is painful that is going on within us, then it's a form of avoidance as well. It's still a form of binging. So binging is binging, whether it's on negative behaviors or positive behaviors, but still, it is still binging. Obviously, binging on negative behaviors just produces negative long-term consequences, while binging on positive behaviors does produce 
some level of negative consequences in the future as we avoid dealing with our inner world and the suffering and this and whatever we're struggling with but at the same time it does come at the with the plus side of gaining something from it so gaining the knowledge or gaining the physical fitness but again it's very subjective and and difficult to assess in general over there so it's highly personal somebody who's exercising eight hours a day is might be doing their body a lot of harm right so that is what I wanted to discuss today is how does one start to be aware of the level of suffering they're experiencing so they can start to deal with it? And the first step is awareness. And before we can get to be aware of it, we have to free our attention up. We have to free our ability to look in that back behind us and see what's in it that I've been suffering with. And the key to doing that is to cutting out pleasures for a while. Now, obviously, there's some pleasures that, you know, you're not going to be able to cut out, such as eating, like eating irregular meals, right? If you're in a relationship, like having sexual relation as a, a relationship as well, that's fine. Like these are things that might be difficult for you to cut out. But I would say minimize as much as possible, like minimize the pleasures as much as possible. Keep your exercise. If you're exercising, that's totally fine. I'm not saying cut out exercise. But anything, and most people who struggle with binging, there's like they're either spending too much time on social media, they're binging on food, they're smoking up, they're drinking, they're watching pornography. Like these are the things that I would cut out completely. And then from there, you will start to be more aware of what's going on. So to summarize everything, suffering is something that we all experience as human beings. It is not good or bad. It is what it is, but we have to deal with it, resolve it and process it. And from there, we move on and we actually feel lighter. There's two types of suffering. There's acute and immense suffering, which is huge events that almost feel like a big stone that we carry in our backs. Um, And then there's slow and steady suffering, which is like minor suffering that we experience as we go through life. And we usually have a higher tolerance for that as opposed to acute and immense suffering. At the end of the day, we have to do the work to process that or else it gets to a point where it becomes really heavy. Everybody who goes through life and they're suffering with something usually have a list of coping mechanisms that they have, a list of behaviors, things that they binge on. The key to being aware of what it is that is contributing to your suffering is to have a fast, completely like complete fast from pleasuring behaviors for a while and see what happens from there. See where your attention and awareness starts to go. Usually people will start to be aware of what it is that has been bothering them. Because there's nowhere to go. So as you sit with it, and you probably, even if you're working, you have kids, you might think that you're not, you don't have the time to actually do this. But everybody has at least a couple hours a day to sit with themselves and do nothing. But when there's distractions along the way, and you go to work, you put the kids to bed, and then you have a couple hours and you just jump on social media, or you jump on watching Netflix and stuff like that, well, then you're avoiding it. So you're not really going to be even aware of what's going on because you don't even have the time to be aware of what is it is that is causing your suffering. So cutting out all binging habits, doing like a binge fast for at least a month is the key to being aware of what's going on. Next week, I'm going to record an episode to discuss once you get to that point, once you're free from these binging habits for a while, what to do about it after. And from there, it's a matter of doing that kind of work and hopefully that helps. And this is exactly what I did last year that helped me realize what it is that was contributing to my slow and steady suffering is that I cut out excessive things that I felt were were habits that I had that were causing me to avoid looking within and doing that kind of work. And once I did that, it became quite easy for me to pinpoint what it is that was 
problematic. And then from there, I started doing the work to process it. And I'm going to share more about that next week. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you for listening and I'll see you in the next one. Thank you very much for tuning in to another episode with me. If you enjoyed this episode, then don't forget to subscribe, like, and share it with a friend who might benefit from it. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at morezk.rd. If you're struggling with binge eating and would like some guidance, you can reserve a spot in my online workshop, Break the Cycle, by going to www.morezk.com. You can also go to the podcast section on my website and subscribe to my list so you can get an email notification every time I release an episode. Thank you again for listening and I'll see you next time at Beyond the Binge.